Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your Today's episode of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast is brought to you by Hostfully, the market leader in digital guidebooks for short-term rental hosts. With Hostfully, you can create a beautiful online guidebook that you can send to your guests so they have a better experience and you get fewer questions. Sign up now at hostfully.com to get two months for free by using code PAD. That's P-A-D. Welcome to episode number 358 of Get Paid for Your Pad. And today we're going to talk about a very hot topic, pet-friendly Airbnb listings. And I'm here with my friend Mathieu Laflamme. He's the co-founder of Check-In, a property management company out of Montreal. And uh, he manages about 70 units and half of them are pet-friendly. Mathieu, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Jasper. It's my pleasure, man. Uh, I'm really excited about this. Uh, we're going to cover a lot of topics, so we'll dive right into it. Uh, but let me name the topics uh, real quick. We're going to talk about what type of pets do you allow? Uh, how much do you charge for pets? Uh, what are the, the risks, the dam- potential damages, extra cleaning expenses? And, uh, and lastly, uh, is it a good idea to cater specifically to people who travel with pets? Uh, but first, let me talk a little bit about why we chose this topic. So recently, as everybody probably knows, uh, a lot of people are traveling to drive to destinations, uh, which means it's much easier to bring their pets with them. Um, but also people travel for different reasons, right? They travel uh, to do like a staycation or to work away from home. They bring their children because they're not going to school right now. They bring the whole family and uh, they want to bring their pets. But even before COVID, uh, I did a little bit of research and uh, 14% of Americans have traveled with a pet in the last three years, and 50% of dog owners would pay more for a pet-friendly stay. That's, uh, that's, these are, that's data by uh, TripAdvisor. So lots of reasons to consider uh, allowing pets in your units, but a lot of people have concerns about it. So let's, uh, let's dive in right now. Mathieu, I would love to know, what type of pets do you uh, allow in your units? Uh, we personally accept solely dogs. Uh, that's how we promote our listing, that we are dog-friendly in approximately 50% of our listing. Uh, of course, certain type of dogs we do not accept, depending on a uh, few uh, restrictions. Uh, if it's a puppy or, for example, if the guest doesn't have any positive review on Airbnb, uh, we might decline uh, the request, but if it's, even if it's shed, uh, shedding or hypo, hypoallergenic, uh, we will accept it. We, we just will uh, request a few house rules to be accepted. Right, and we'll, we'll dive into that, into the extra house rules and, and how to do this in a safe way. But uh, you mentioned you don't allow all dogs. Like, uh, is, there, is there a specific, specific breed or size of dog that you don't allow? Uh, not really. It's really depending on the age and uh, 
we ask, the first question that we ask when, before accepting the dog is uh, really what type of breed it is and how old it is, just to create a connection between uh, us and the guests. And we tell them that we are uh, animal lover, pet friendly, but we had bad experience in the past and we'd like to know uh, the breed, the age. And also sometimes we, we ask uh, about the personality of the dog, if he's barking, things like that. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, what about cats? Uh, cats, uh, it's mainly because a few of our housekeepers and my co-founder, Steve, the other co-founder, are deeply allergic to a cat. So uh, we restrict this type of uh, animals. Right, yeah. And do, and do, people, do people even, even travel with other type of pets? Have you ever had somebody with uh, like a parrot or a goat or whatnot? Uh, I already received a request for a food rat. I don't know if you know that pet. It's a, in French you say a furet, but uh, it's like a long tail animal that you don't see it uh, quite often, but a few uh, pet owners have furet. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's like kind of like it. Look, kind of looks like a, a big rat, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, I did a little bit of research, and I noticed that uh, most people who accept pets they accept dogs, but not cats. Um, and one reason that uh, a lot of people don't accept cats is because uh, when they urinate, um, it's it's a very strong smell that's really difficult to uh, to clean. You're right. Um, all right, let's move on to the next topic. So how much do you charge extra for a, a pet? So a dog in your case. Uh, we have a few properties that we generate less than $2,000 per month with them because we rent monthly. For this type of unit that we rent monthly, we don't charge too much because it will just look excessive if we charge like $50 per night. So we capped it to uh, 150 per month or $25 per night for our leisure market or for the short-term urban unit. Uh, we ask for $50 a night and it's capped to $250. Again, if the owner approaches us and tell us, hey, my dog uh, is hypoallergenic, he doesn't shed. I have five positive review on Airbnb. Of course, there's some type of negotiation just to be fair with that guest if he is able to prove that the risk attached to its pet being with him is uh, less than someone arriving with a big uh, Labrador and uh, that you, we know that we will have to spend a, a few more minutes on the vacuum at the end of the stay. Yeah, and I, I love Labradors. I used to have Labradors when I was living with my parents. But, um, but for the people who don't know, what, what does it mean, hypoallergenic? Uh, if it means that even though there's a few uh, hairs left in the crack of the sofas or attached to, to the chairs of the table, if the future guests are aller allergic to dog's hair, they won't be affected by it. Uh, so few dogs uh, are like this, like poodle, uh, often dogs with uh, curvy, curvy hair are hypoallergenic. And, uh, but I know that cats, all 
maybe the Siamois, Sia, Sia noise or cat without hair, these are, these are okay, but all cats are not hypoallergenic. Interesting. So, so it doesn't just depend on um, the, the, the size of the hair. It also depends on the breed. So certain dogs, yeah. their hairs, like people are more allergic to the hairs than other dogs. Exactly. Interesting. Interesting. And then you mentioned that most of the dogs that are hypoallergenic uh, are the dogs with curly hair, right? Yeah, I know my, uh, my stepsister has a, a doodle, a golden doodle. And first, he doesn't lose any hair and uh, he is hypoallergenic. So she can bring the dog everywhere she goes. And every time she's looking to rent a place, the, the owners have don't have a lot of restriction when you have a, a golden doodle. So uh, if you have a dog who has hair that's like really um, allergic or people get allergic reactions from it, if you take it to the hairdresser and, you know, use that machine to make the hair curly, um, is it then, does it turn that into a hyperallergenic dog? No, I don't think so. It, it depends on the, the, the breed of the dog. Right. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So that, uh, that, that strategy doesn't work. Um, okay, cool. So uh, you mentioned you charge, uh, um, you know, $25 uh, per night, $50 yeah, per night, kept that uh, about 200 250 Maximum, uh, yeah. Yeah, per, per stay. Uh, you know, I did some research. I, I noticed that people charge typically between anywhere between like 10 and $50 a night. Um, people usually cap it at some um, at some at some point, right? Because somebody stays for like two, three weeks, um, then you might just charge them one price for the entire stay. Uh, people tend to charge based on uh, the breed and the and the size of the dog as well, as you mentioned. Um, if it's a if it's if it's a hypoallergenic dog, then you don't have as much cleaning costs, and there's not as much risk for for future guests, right? Yeah, you got to be able to sell it as a privilege to the guests because many guests will, will won't understand why you're charging extra fees because maybe they had a previous experience with hosts that were not charging fees. So you got to explain that in your city, in your region, there are just a few percentage of hosts that are pet friendly, and we are dog lovers, so we are happy to host you with your pets so that you have a memorable uh, stay, but we got to figure out uh, the risk, the extra cleaning fees. And unfortunately we had bad experience in the past. Uh, so that's why we, we charge extra fees. It's a way to generate more revenue, but at the same time you filter the guests that knows they won't be able to control their dog. Uh, if you mention that you will claim the security deposit, if you find damage or exit, or you have to do an excessive cleaning, uh, maybe a few guests will uh, will decide to cancel their reservation or cancel their their inquiry because they feel they they're not sure about uh, their dog behavior. And how do you how do you receive the money? Do you just uh, use the Air, the functionality on Airbnb to request some extra? extra dollars? Uh, this is a process that we implemented because of our accounting. We don't take 100% of the pet fees. So our owner 
get the majority of the extras we get on the guest and we take our commission out of it. So the way we do is that we change the, the total cost of the stay with our PMS. Uh, you can do it directly on Airbnb too. So instead of doing a, a request of money, a money request on Airbnb, you just change the 90 rate so that it uh, addition an extra 100 or 200 bucks and then we get our commission on the extra. Sure. Yeah, and that's because you are you're a manager, right? You yeah. you're managing properties for uh, for owners. Um, and one one thing that I noticed as well as I was doing some research is that some people they'll ask the guests um, to just add the the pet as an extra person, as an extra guest, and then automatically it will charge uh, as an extra guest. So that's an interesting uh, way to do it too. Yeah, good idea. Um, all right, let's go into the next topic which is what are the risks? Because a lot of people are concerned uh, to become pet friendly um, because they are thinking about, you know, they have visions of uh, wild dogs running around their apartments, like tearing up their furniture, uh, their, uh, you know, furnishings and their, the decorations and, and all of that. Um, visions of uh, dogs attacking their neighbors and causing all sorts of problems. And of course, the hair and the allergies is something that we already touched on. So my question to you is, I know you, you, know, you have 70 units, you've been in business for quite a while. Um, you know, how realistic are these concerns? They are realistic uh, if you do not apply strict house rules. And I'd say it's better to put strict house rule over there, even though it, can, it could scare a few guests and prohibit a certain type uh, of dog, like puppies. Uh, yeah, of course, the vast majority of puppies could could stay with you, but it's better to to not accept them so that you, you won't have any uh, difficulty getting a, a claim. Uh, for for us, the biggest risk is two things: uh, if we lose trust with the owner, if the if our owner lose trust in us because uh, we have damages, and secondly if we demotivate our housekeeping crew. Like if they spend their time in cleaning uh, excessive uh, dog hair on sofas, beds, bedding, uh, it's not good for us. Like everybody, everybody should do regular cleaning most of the time. And yeah, of course, from time to time, there's an excessive cleaning, but we need to figure out a system and processes to limit uh, excessive cleaning, even though we accept dog that might lose their hair so yeah there there's risk but you can control them with by filtering the type of dog uh, like puppy versus adult uh, filtering the type of guests do they have uh, at least one positive review do they understand that you are asking for a quick vacuum maybe at the end of the stay uh, to not visit the the neighbors with your dog, like to have him in leash if he's outside. Uh, no barking if you're in a three apartment building and the dog uh, bark every time the, someone ring at the door, then maybe the other guests will leave you a bad review. So, so that's bad. So you gotta figure out and ask, do your dog have, uh, does your dog have bad barking habits? 
before accepting the dog. And uh, that's what we do with all our apartment, even if they don't have dog, is we limit the age to 25 years old and over. So normally people are more mature over 25 years old and understand uh, that they need to control their dog. Due to COVID, it's now more important than ever that your guests actually read your house rules and check-in instructions. And there's no better way to deliver that information than by using an online Hostfully guidebook. You can build your guidebook in just a few hours and simply include a link to your guidebook in your welcome email. Your guests can access it on desktop, on mobile, and they can even print it out. As a result, you look super professional. Your guests have a better experience as they don't have to read through endless paragraphs of text. Instead, they can go through a nice looking guidebook with lots of visuals. That means fewer questions for you, more time for you to focus on other areas of your hosting business. Sign up now at hostfully.com and use code PAD to get your first two months for free. That's hostfully.com, H-O-S-T-F-U-L-L-Y dot com code pad which is p a d yeah and i mean i've i've definitely hosted uh, quite a few jogs and in my experience people that travel with a dog if you if people have a crazy dog they usually don't bring it on a on the trip <laughs> in my experience yeah you're right so if you're going to bring your dog it's probably going to be a, a fairly well behaved one and uh yeah, I, I honestly haven't had any any real issues, um, but uh, and and what I see from doing some research, looking in groups and stuff, is that generally people who do host pets they actually report very few issues. But I think it's really important what you mentioned is to number one, you know, really understand like what type of dog and the you know the what type of people you or at least do some screening, right? Communicate with the guests like, hey, what kind of dog is it? You know, is it does it bark a lot, et cetera. Get a little bit of information and then let your guests know that there are specific rules, uh, right, around barking and, you know, putting the dog on the leash. Um, and if, they, if the dog does uh, damage or if, or if there's excessive cleaning uh, necessary, um, that you're, that you're going to charge for it. So that's a, that's a really important point. Um, clearly communicate those, uh, those house rules. Um, so we talked about allergies already. Because uh, that's a that's an important topic too, right? Because what if your cleaners are allergic to dogs? What if your um, you know if you, if, family, if you have family members, if you're using the home uh, to stay in yourself, uh, or if your owners are allergic to dogs? Um, what, do you have any concerns around that? That's one of the main reasons why only fifty percent of our units are dog friendly is mainly because we were not able to convince a few of our owner yet. Uh, some of our owner are allergic or the housekeeping team in the region where the units are, uh, are allergic. So there's nothing we can do about it. And uh, they, they still get pretty good review. Uh, we thought, even though I talk about the pros uh, regarding the recurring business with guests with pets, uh, the pros about uh, getting more revenue, getting the extra fees. There's still a few owners that had bad experience in the past and uh, or housekeeper uh, that are not even allergic, but they just they don't want to put the, 
they're scared that they will have to do excessive cleaning. And in a few regions where we operate in the leisure market in Quebec, it's pretty hard to find the housekeeping staff. So when you find them, and if they are not willing to, to accept that, we'll go ahead and apply the no pet rules. Mm, got it. Yeah, you mentioned, obviously, one of the reasons why you want to accept pets is uh, because it can increase revenue. Like on, on average, how much extra revenue uh, do you see between your pet-friendly listings versus your non-pet-friendly listings? If you add the fact that you, you uh, ask for extra fees, so between 15 and 25, sometimes up to $50 a night, plus the fact that your average daily rate might be higher because you are in a, you're attracting a demand that has just a few offers on the market, there's what, maybe maximum 10% of the unit in my region that allows pet friendly. I think that compared to the same unit in our market, we are able to increase the revenue by 15 to 25% at least. 15 to 25%. So that's, that's quite significant, right? So that's, a, that's definitely a good reason to consider um, accepting pets plus Plus, you know, if you're if you're a dog lover yourself, it's it's cool to host people that bring their dogs because you already have something in common. Um, so you're you're able to provide like a really cool uh, experience for the guest. And as you mentioned, it's a it's a there's only so many people that accept pets, right? So you're kind of you know almost almost creating a little niche for yourself, um, which is actually uh, the next topic that we want to talk about is. You know, is it is it a good idea to develop a brand or to cater specifically uh, to pet-friendly travelers? I think it's a good idea. Uh, I, ne- I never tried it myself to build a brand around the pet, uh, the dog-friendly or pet-friendly. But when we do create a listing that is dog-friendly, we go all in. We don't just put it in the hospital that we are dog-friendly, like. You go all in because you want to attract this, this piece of the pie that don't have a lot of offers. So you add it to your title, you add it to your first picture on Airbnb, and of course you talk about it in your description. Uh, that way, people by just uh, flicking the different listing on Airbnb or uh, flicking on Verbo, they will see that oh, here's a picture of a dog park. Here's a title where. There's an emoji of a of a dog. Okay, I should click over. I should I should click and talk about uh, my issue of bringing a pet with me to that host. Uh, so I don't know if it's a good idea to build a brand around dog friendly, but of course uh, you you need to put it in front uh, when you when you are dog friendly to to get this fifteen to twenty five uh, average rate uh, increase. Yeah, yeah, and that's an interesting point um, because some people mention that they don't want to advertise it, so they do make their listing pet-friendly. Uh, it's an option that you can select in your listing, but then they don't want to advertise it because they're worried that there's a lot of guests that don't want to stay at a place that is pet-friendly. Um, does that make sense? It makes sense. Just hard to calculate that risk. Uh, the things that I was able to calculate is the other side where our revenue increase, but I don't know how we could do an analysis or a survey where you can, quant- you can get a quantitative uh, survey on 
how much guests do not click on your property because you're promoting Doug. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, and I understand the rationale because there are people, for example, people that are allergic to dogs. If you put in your title, dog friendly, put a little emoticon of a dog, that person is not going to book your listing. But if you're in a market where there's a lot of demand and there's not a lot of supply, because it's not just about demand, it's about demand and supply, right? So if there's very little supply in your market for, for pet friendly, then it's totally fine to not attract the dog allergic traveler uh, because the demand supply is in your favor, right? There's, uh, there's a lot of demand for, for pet friendly listings. So the fact that you're not, uh, you're not attracting uh, people that are, co- are concerned about dogs is not a problem because in the end of the day, like, it's, better, it's better to be loved by uh, a select uh, number of guests uh, than to be kind of average for the whole, the entire market, right? It's better to focus on a, on a specific niche if there's enough demand in the market, right? Of course, if you're in a really small market, if you're in like a, a tiny little village somewhere and there's, there's not a lot of demand, then I think that uh, that pet-friendly piece of the pie might not be large enough for you to be fully occupied. Um, but in a market like yourself, Montreal, uh, I guess, well, I guess you're, you're seeing uh, an increase in revenue. Uh, so to me, that's proof that in your market, it's, uh, it's working. Exactly. And I think there's a way to balance uh, your ad between promoting the dog friendly and still attracting people that could be a bit scared about the cleaning issue. Because if you have great reviews, 4.9, five star in the cleaning category of your, of your reputation. And at the same time, in your first five picture on the Airbnb, when you click on the listing, you have, yes, a picture of a dog or a dog park. But at the same time, you have a picture of your cleaning protocol or you're mentioning that you're doing deep, deep sanitizing, deep uh, clean, professional cleaning. So it balances because you have great reviews. You... You mentioned that you have a professional cleaning team taking care of your guests. And yes, at the same time, you're dog friendly. So there's a way in your first five pictures to balance the ad to attract both type of user. That's a really good point. Um, and what, something I noticed as well, I looked at a listing and the host mentioned that they, they use an, uh, an anti-allergen spray uh, to clean their, their units. So that might uh, take away some of the concerns as well. Uh, from people who are uh, allergic to dogs. Um, last thing, um, last thing I want to touch on is um, like, do you do you have any like pet friendly amenities? Is there anything else you do uh, in your units or around the experience that you're offering to your guests uh, to make it more attractive to uh, pet owners? We do not supply uh, any furniture uh, or pet bed or special treat. Uh, for the moment, because we just started at uh, in, when COVID hit, we just started proposing our host to to be dog friendly. We were not doing it uh, in 2019. It was a way for us to try to increase the revenue, even though the urban market was lowering down on uh, pricing and occupancy and demands. So, but I visited a few uh, websites of hotels that are dog friendly. And uh, I saw that they have, yeah, maybe you can talk. Have you ever visited uh, with your Labrador? <laughs> Doug uh, Freddy Hotel? 
That was a that was a long time ago that, <laughs> that we had Labradors. Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah, because I noticed some hosts they offer you know some pet pet friendly amenities. Um, you know, for example, well, for example, uh, having a gate around your garden can be useful so that the dog doesn't uh, run away. Um, you know, having some interior gates or dog treats, dog bowls, um, stuff like that. You know, that could be something that would really attract um, the the dog lover. Poop bag. <laughs> <laughs> Poop bag. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Is is that why you prefer not to host puppies because they might pee and poo all over the place? Yeah, and also their behavior. They they're more risk about the barking habit that could disturb the the neighbors if you're if you're in a multi apartment building. That's why we prefer to have a mature dog. Mature dog, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Sweet, man. Um, cool. Well, I think this was really useful. Uh, just to kind of summarize, I think the main takeaways um, are, number one, there's currently a, a, a lot of demand, right, for, for people traveling with their pets. Um, there's a limited supply, depending on the market. So if you, if you want to start doing this, take a look on Airbnb, uh, search for pet-friendly units and see how many of them are there already are in your market. If, you, if there's not a lot, could be a really good option to, uh, to increase your revenue. Uh, I think there, there are risks for sure, uh, but you, you made some really good points around uh, how to mitigate the risk, um, you know, being a little bit selective to uh, who you're allowing, only po- people with positive reviews, certain type of dogs, uh, certain type of dog breeds. Uh, be careful with, uh, with puppies. And then, um, and then, yeah, the risks seem, seem to be quite uh, limited and uh, you can mitigate a lot of the risks. And it's a, it's a great way to offer uh, a, a great experience to the guest as well, right? Because, of course, we all know that people love their dogs. They're part of the family. So when you're traveling as a family uh, and you can bring your dog and you know that the host is, is, is uh, welcoming you, you, your dog and is a, is a, is a dog lover, uh, as well, then I think that creates a, a bond as well. So, so yeah, anything, anything else that you want to touch on? Uh, maybe a, a last tip uh, to get the guests on your side because what we saw is that a few guests sometimes are a bit frustrated that we charge extra fees, it, mainly because they don't have any uh, good reviews on Airbnb, so we will increase a little bit uh, the price per dog. It's just we say to them that we will be happy to leave them a positive review mentioning the well-behaving dog that they brought with them at the end of their stay so they have more, uh, it's easy for them for the next uh, Airbnb adventure to, to book a trip with their dog because it's pretty rare that I check the reviews of a guest and the host mentioned the dog. But when I, I tell the guest, hey, I'm on your side and I'll leave a positive review if everything goes great at the end of the stay. But that's a really good point. That's a really good point because that's something that you look at, right? When you get an inquiry, you look at the, the past review of the guest to see if, there's, if, if the host mentions something about the dog. It's a good point, man, because in the end of the day, allowing pets, it, the, there is extra, extra risk. Uh, there might be some extra cleaning as well. So I think it's reasonable to uh, charge a little bit extra. And by doing what you're suggesting, um, that now you're offering great value to, to your guests. Because as you said, that's quite rare. So I love that. That's, a, that's an amazing tip, man. Thank you for sharing that. Sweet, dude. Um, well, this was awesome. Uh, I definitely learned a lot. Um, you're in Montreal. You, you have over 70 units. Um, 
how can people find you? If somebody wants to travel to Montreal, how can they find your units? Our new uh, direct booking website, spacechecking.com, will be uh, live at the end of the year. Uh, we will present a category uh, for dog-friendly units uh, on the front page of our website with long-term booking, short-term urban, and uh, short-term in the leisure market. But uh, we decided to go forward and add uh, dog-friendly uh, category on our direct booking website. So yeah, spacechecking.com. Spacechecking.com. And uh, if I look for check-in on Airbnb, can I find you? Can I find your Airbnb listings there too? Uh, it's easy to find us because we put a picture of our brand on every listing, but we manage uh, our host account. Uh, so we don't have any uh, Airbnb account on our name on Airbnb because every one of our owner have their own Airbnb account. Got it. Got it. And check-in is, uh, is with I-N at the end. Check-in. Um, yeah. I guess it's always with, <laughs> with an I. <laughs> I uh, don't know why I mentioned that. But anyway, uh, Mathieu, it was, uh, it was great talking to you, man. I uh, appreciate you being a member of our SCR Legends Mastermind. And uh, to the listeners, uh, thank you for listening or watching on YouTube. And I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. And there'll be next one, uh, another one next week. See you then. If you have over 30 units, you have an annual revenue of over $2 million, or you operate boutique hotels, then the SCR Legend Mastermind is for you. You are not alone. We have a group of over 30 high-level entrepreneurs in our mastermind, and we get together on a weekly basis to discuss our biggest challenges and to learn and to grow together. Go to strlegends.com to find out more information and apply for the Legends Mastermind if you think you are a good fit. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.